Uh, this morning, uh, over the next uh, little while, I'm going to share with you about the topic or idea of integrity. As I was praying this week, as I was prepping and getting ready, God just kept bringing this idea or principle of integrity to the front of my mind. And so this morning, that's what we're going to talk about, is how, how does integrity apply to us as believers? Why is it such an important role in our faith and our walk with Christ? Um, but before we get uh, too serious or too deep this morning, let me start with a story. Who in here has ever been punished by their parents for saying a naughty word? Right? Or, or I mean, seriously, does this kid look like a troublemaker? I mean, that's me. I want to say in seventh grade, but I don't know. Because from like fifth grade to tenth grade, I look the same. I looked like a little kid that whole time. And so, um, but anyhow, uh, I think all of us at some point in time, as children, when we were growing up, we got in trouble for doing something with our parents. And so one time I got caught by my parents. Uh, I, I said a, an inappropriate word to my younger brother. I think he had taken the one bike that I wanted to ride, and he took it. And I repeated some word I had heard somewhere else, didn't even know what it meant, and repeated it, and I was in trouble. And so what happened in my family, we grew up, if you said, you know, a naughty word, inappropriate word, you got soap in your mouth. You know, the old, the old adage, I'm going to wash your mouth out. I'm going to clean your mouth out with soap. And so... Um, Anyhow, that was, that was the consequence. I had to eat soap. I don't remember at this point if it was liquid soap or bar soap anymore. Um, but either way, I had soap. And so maybe you're wondering, why am I sharing this story? This is why. Sometimes when we share stories with other people, we begin to mix up the details about what truly happened. Right? Can any of you agree that maybe sometimes over time, as you try to tell a story, some of the details get a little fuzzy. Some of the details get messed up. Maybe we exaggerate a little bit or we add something to a story. So here's what I did. About eight years later after this happened, I'm sharing this story with someone about how I got in trouble for saying this bad word and I had to eat soap. But I added this detail. And then after eating the soap, my parents forced me to eat a banana flavored popsicle, which was my favorite flavored popsicle. It ruined it for me. It ruined it. I, I didn't like banana-flavored popsicles anymore because I associated it with having to eat soap. Now, that was what I told this person. And, and for whatever reason, I thought it was absolutely true. I don't know if I dreamed of it. I don't know what happened. But I believe that it's true. And, and down the road, this person shared the story with my parents. And they laughed hysterically. Because they're going... No, he didn't. This never happened. We never forced him to eat this popsicle after he had his soap. I, I don't know where it came from. They said that that, was not, that is not what happened. But here's the deal. Whether it was intentional or not, I had compromised my integrity because I told a story that wasn't fully true anymore. Right? I told a story that had a lie in it that wasn't true. And as silly as that may seem, there's still truth to the fact that whether it's a serious story or a funny story, when we begin to share stories that aren't totally true, people begin to question our integrity. They begin to question our, our validity and our truthfulness. And if you don't believe me, one of these Sundays when my parents are around, feel free to ask them. They'll laugh about it as soon as you ask them, Hey Dale, 
what about that banana popsicle story? And he'll just start laughing. Uh, even today, it's still something we just joke about. I don't know where it came from or what happened. And this case, where I can't eat banana popsicles now. Now that I know that it didn't happen, and if you ever want to get your popsicle, that's the flavor of choice. Uh, just throwing that out there. Um, anyhow, back to this idea of integrity. Learning how to work hard, stay humble, and be a person of your word while walking in faith will help you immensely in your life. I believe from the youngest student that's in here to the oldest adult today, we can all agree that life has many challenges to it, right? There's a lot of challenges that we encounter in our lives. And we're going to look at some scripture that talks about this principle of integrity. Looking at the end of King David's life in 1 Chronicles 29 that I mentioned earlier, we find King David praying in front of the whole assembly, in front of all the Israelites, as he's about to announce that Solomon is going to be the next king of Israel. Here's what it says, 1 Chronicles 29, starting at verse 14. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen behind me as well. But who am I, and who are my people, that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Jumping to verse 16. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. This is King David praying to the whole assembly as he knows that his time is coming to a close, as he's about to announce the coming of a new king, Solomon. Verse 17, I'm going to look at that again really quick. It says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. King David set the example of being generous, of being willing to give. And as a result of that, the people began to see that and follow that example. If God is pleased with integrity, I think it's important that we understand exactly what the word integrity means. So if we look at a dictionary, these are three common definitions that we'll find. Number one, adherence to moral and ethical principles. Soundness of moral character or honesty. Number two, the state of being whole, entire, or undiminished to preserve the integrity of an empire. The third, a sound, unimpaired, or perfect condition, the integrity of a ship's hull. If we take a moment and if you were to look at the Hebrew word that this integrity derives from, it's meshwah, which is related to other words such as straightness, evenness, equality, right, and upright. That, that is what this word integrity is all about, living a life of straightness, of evenness, of equality, 
of rightness, of, of living a life that is upright unto the Lord. Simply put, integrity is the ability to live a life where you choose to not compromise your characters or your morals. Right? You have integrity, so you know what? When I'm faced with a decision and situations in my life, I'm not going to allow those to change my character. I'm not going to allow those to change what I believe in my heart. Because I have integrity. I believe in those things. I'm steadfast in those things. To live honestly in front of both people and God. As simple as it sounds to live out, we can all agree that it's not always so easy to live out honestly in front of other people and in front of God. Because sometimes when things are hard, we think, man, it gives us the excuse to come up short. No, that's not true. Just because things are difficult doesn't mean we have the excuse that we have. We can just come up short. Yes, we're humans. Yes, we make mistakes. But we are called to have a heart that says, I want to do what is pleasing unto the Lord. I want to do what is honoring unto Him. When you're intentional about trying to do things that are pleasing to God, He sees your heart. God sees your heart, your intention. So at times, maybe in life it feels like, man, I'm giving it everything I have, and it's just not enough. Keep pushing. Because the reality is, is whether things maybe are panning out at that moment or not, God sees your heart. He sees your intention. God sees that you are doing this to try to bring Him glory and honor. And God is pleased with integrity because it shows that above all else, you are striving to keep Him your top priority. As you continue to, to intentionally put God first in your heart, it becomes more and more of a natural process to keep Him number one and to do what is pleasing to Him, to live a life of integrity. Just as King David mentioned in his prayer, one way to live a life of integrity is to understand that everything we have is from God. Everything that we've been given, everything we have, is from God. When you live with the understanding that God supplies everything, it becomes much easier to say, you know what, Father, I can give this back to you. Because I realize from your hand came into your hand it will return again. I think if we all sat here and we took a couple seconds, we would, we would just think, man, God truly has blessed me in so many ways. If we all sat here and just thought, we would go, yeah, you know what? Pastor Micah, that's true. God has blessed me in a wonderful way. Over and over again. Within just moments, I can think of all kinds of different things that I'm so grateful for in my life that God has blessed me with. One of them will be my wife. I'm so grateful that God brought us together. And I'm sure many of you can see, you say the same exact thing about your spouse. God, I'm so glad that you brought me the spouse that you brought me. I'm so glad for the children that you blessed me with and the opportunity I have to be with them. As you continue to obediently follow after God, He will continue to give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean that our motivation is, is to simply uh, please God so that we can receive what we like. 
That's not what it means. But it, it means that as we earnestly desire God, as we give everything we have to Him, that God will give us the desires of our heart. That God will help us to do the things that He has given us a passion and a desire to do. Pleasing God in our world today can be very difficult because many of the different ways our culture tries to pull us. Our culture is trying to tell us all kinds of different things all the time. Don't please God. Do whatever pleases you. Do what you need to do. Do what's best for you. But with God's help, when we look to God, God can help us through anything. God has not called us to an easy, comfortable, cushy life. But He has called us to a blessed life. He has called us to a life that we have the assurance and the promise of knowing that we will spend eternity with Him in heaven as we follow Him. But that doesn't mean that every step along the way is going to be easy and comfortable and what we always hoped it was going to look like. Part of living a life of integrity is learning how to stand up to the outside pressures that people and groups and culture are going to try to force onto you. Going back to the definition of integrity, one of them said, in adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, honesty. Think about it. adhering to moral principles. We talk about that all the time. Our world, where did the morals go? There's no character left in our world. There's no morals. There's no morality. People just do these awful things. That is true. There is, there is a lot of that. I'm not trying to deny that. But I believe that there are a lot of believers who live a life of integrity, who have morals, who live a life of honesty, who live a life of truth that say, I stand upon the truth of the Bible and there's nothing that's going to shake me from that. And as believers, we need to stand up and proclaim that and, and, and be confident in that. Being willing to have soundness of moral character does not happen by accident. We don't just fall into a life of good morals or good character or behavior by accident. We have to be intentional. We have to spend time in God's Word, spending time in prayer, spending time with other believers who will help us to understand and, and develop our relationship with God and help us to, to understand godly morals and live a life full of godly character and integrity. One way to do that is to remain plugged into a community of believers who will challenge you, who will encourage you, who will uplift you, who will hold you accountable. A strong church is a great example of that. And I urge you to continue to remain plugged in here. Or maybe you're visiting, I encourage you to remain plugged in wherever it is that you're a part of the body. That you continue to be encouraged and challenged and uplifted and find a place of accountability in your walk with Christ. To continue to grow upon the foundation that you already have in your heart. Wherever we go in life, we have to find people who have similar values and similar experiences that we can share life and go through life with. Life is not only easier when we do it as part of a community, but it is much more fun when we do it with community than when we try to do it alone. Life wasn't meant to be lived alone. 
Life wasn't meant to be spent in solitude. It was meant to be spent in community with God and with other believers and other people. God not only created us in His reflection, but He also created us to be in community with one another, loving one another. Not just existing, not just being around each other, loving one another. In Genesis, we read of how God noticed that Adam was alone, and he responded by saying, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Living a, a life alone is not fun. We were not created for that. So find ways to, to put yourself out there and become a part of a community. That requires vulnerability. It requires the, the ability to say, you know what? I might put myself out there and, and this group of people might say no. And that's tough. Nobody likes being rejected. Nobody likes being told no. But we have to be willing to step out and find a part of community. Those of you who have moved in your life, you know that sometimes that's the most difficult time because you have to find a new group, a new community to become a part of. And that can be really difficult at times. It's so important because the people that we share our life with have a huge impact on the way that we live our lives. The people that you surround yourself with are going to have a huge impact on the way you live your life whether you want to admit it or not. Oftentimes we want to blame our circumstances or our problems on the people who live around us and the people we bring around us. But in reality, who is responsible for them being in our lives? We are. Right? We're responsible for the people that we allow to be in our lives, that we allow to be an influence, that we find community and we find relationship with. Just as important as living a life of integrity is surrounding yourself with people who also live a life of integrity. We're called to love all people. We're called to share the gospel with all people. I'm not trying to say that we don't go out and we don't try to find the lost and to share the good news with them. Absolutely not. That is at the core of everything we do is seeking and saving the lost. Sharing the gospel with them and allowing the Holy Spirit to come and cultivate the seeds that are planted. But however, I believe that we should not set up our camp or we should not spend the majority of our time with those who are opposed to God and what He is asking us to do. When you know that people have no desire to listen to what you're trying to share, Jesus gave us a clear directive in Matthew 10, 14. It says, If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, Leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. A part of living a life of integrity is being willing, as I said, to stand up for what you believe in. When situations arise that people may be questioning you or maybe even objecting what you believe to be true, we're called to be ready to give a defense or an answer to why we have our faith. Right? We're called to be ready to respond. That doesn't mean you have to have all the answers. It doesn't mean you have to be able to answer everything. But the scripture says we should be able to get an answer to why we have faith in Jesus Christ. First Peter 3, we read this. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. 
but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you and I to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Christ suffered for our sins, that you and I could come into a right and pure relationship with God once and for all. And in the same way that, that we're called to live lives of integrity, it means we should not only strive to please God and do that which is honoring to Him, but that we are to bring to light the fact that God is alive in the Spirit today. Amen, right? We are a Pentecostal church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit to equip, to empower, and enable us to do the ministry that He has called us to do. The Spirit is alive and active and moving today. We're called to live and to bring light to that fact. God lives and moves through us in our lives in one way is through the working of His Holy Spirit. Being obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life that is so much more impactful than anything we could ever imagine or try to do on our own. Once again, we're back to this idea that we weren't meant to do life alone. He, he sent His Holy Spirit to be with us, to guide us, to direct us, to empower us. For in our human weakness, God's strength is made known. Apostle Paul talked about that, right? He said, I had to be made weak so that he could be made strong. And that's a difficult thing to do. We have, that's, a, that's a humbling thing to say, you know what? Sometimes I have to be seen as weak so that people will see it wasn't me that did. It was God who worked through me. That as a church, sometimes we may not look the strongest because the reality is, is people need to see that it is God that is working through us as a church. It's His Holy Spirit that is empowering us to do the ministry. Another part of living with integrity is knowing how to show respect to others even when they have different beliefs and values that we do. That passage in Peter, right? It said, share with them. But it said, with gentleness and respect. With gentleness and respect. Be able to say, you know what? We may have a difference. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to try to argue and force you to believe what I do. Knowing who God is and all that He has done for you allows you to speak confidently about your faith. You can speak because it's not just a knowledge of who God is. But it's about the way He has changed your life. That's where the power comes from. The power in sharing our testimony is not necessarily 
about I'm sharing entirely about who God is and saying, this is what my life was like before God, and this is what He did. And God wants to do the same thing in your life if you allow Him to. The struggles that you're walking through, give them to Him. Allow Him to change you. Allow Him to help you through the circumstances that you're in. It's not just a knowledge, it's, it's an experience. It's a relationship that we need to share with people. Our testimony should be more than just about who God is in the sense of His character and His attributes. It should be about how He's transformed our lives, about how His Holy Spirit works and moves amongst us today, how He changed our life, how we, how we interact with Him on a regular basis through prayer, through devotions, through spending time hearing and listening to what He has to say. People see your integrity by the way that you live your life. Not in the sense, I'm not saying we need to go around and, and pray in public and, and give what others will always see. For we know the scripture says the Pharisees were really good at that. But in the sense of what the original, original passage said that we looked at today, understanding everything we have comes from God. When we keep that perspective in the forefront, it helps us live in line with what God is asking us to do in our lives. Looking again to a portion from that opening passage. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And I now have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. King David was so pleased with the fact that he had displayed to the Israelites how to willingly give back to God and that they had picked up on the example that he had set. That they were giving willingly because they understood, just as King David did, that God was the source of everything that they had. In the same way King David finished the prayer, I would ask that God continue to keep those desires in your heart and in your thoughts today. That you would remain loyal to Him in your hearts. That you would continue to remember that that which God has, everything that's been placed in your hand was placed in your hand by God. That God has blessed you. And we have the opportunity to bless Him back, to bless the kingdom. Understanding that He is our source of all things. King David is nearing the end of his life, as I said, as he's about to officially announce Solomon as the next king of Israel. But first, he wanted to thank God in front of everybody for what God, for how God had blessed him during his time as the king and leader of the Israelites. King David, as we know from Scripture, he committed many sins in his life, many public sins that people knew about such as adultery and murder and many other things. But when faced with the reality of owning up to these sins, every time King David repented, every time he got down and he repented, he apologized, he admitted to what he had done, and he asked God for forgiveness. He turned away from the sinful ways that he had fallen short in as he desired to live a life that was honoring to God, a life full of integrity that would please God. 
And as a result, why don't we often refer to King David as many times today as a man after God's own heart? Right? A man who committed these type of sins. We look at him because of how he responded and said, you know what? Despite that, this was a man after God's own heart because he lived a life of integrity. He lived a life that he was earnestly trying to please God. The redemptive power of God was made complete in Christ going to the cross, overcoming death to defeat the grave, providing the final atoning sacrifice. And you and I, we are called to be the messengers of the gospel and helping it to reach the ends of the earth. Living a life of integrity will help us share the gospel with the people who are around us. May we continue to join together as the body of Christ to see the kingdom expanded. As we begin to conclude this morning, I've covered a few different reasons and, and examples of why integrity is so important to us as followers of Christ. The first one, being part of a community of people who would challenge and strengthen your faith. Your faith. It is important to be a part of a community that will challenge you, that will encourage you, that will hold you accountable. Because even when we look at the life of King David, he didn't come out right away about the sins that he had. Prophet Nathan had to come to him and approach him, right? He was there to hold him accountable for the choices that he had made. And you and I, we're no different. We need to be part of a community where people will be willing to hold us accountable and challenge us to grow deeper in our faith. Secondly, to be willing to stand up for what we believe in. To say that despite everything that this world tries to tell me, despite what culture tries to tell me I need to believe, I'm going to stand upon the truth of God's Word. Because it is totally accurate. 100%. There is no error in the Word of God. Thirdly, learning how to show respect to others. Because the reality is, is this world... Not everybody will ever see eye to eye with believers. We have to learn how to show respect to them. Not that we learn to accept what they believe, but we say, you know what, we're going to choose to believe two different things. And hopefully through that respect, through that gentleness, through that living your life of integrity, they'll begin to see, you know what, I see the truth. It's been revealed to me. I understand now what it is that they're talking about when they talk about faith in Jesus Christ. And lastly, earnestly seeking to please God above all else. Understanding that everything you and I have been blessed has come from the hand of God. And saying, God, above anything else, I want to please you for who you are. I want to finish up with this quote. This is from an unknown author. It says, To starve to death is a small thing, but to lose one's integrity is a great one. Losing one's natural life to a cause such as starvation is something that you and I, I think we'd all consider that to be a really big deal. We'd all consider that to be a big deal. I don't know that any of us are sitting here going, I hope when my time comes to leave this earth that I can go out at starvation. It sounds terrible. It sounds absolutely awful when you think about it. But, but what gets me with this quote is they're saying that to die a horrible natural death is a small thing compared to losing one's integrity. 
Think about that for a moment. They're saying it's a bigger deal for a person to lose their integrity than it is to suffer an awful, terrible death. And I think in some ways we can look at this, this quote from someone of a spiritual standpoint and say, you know what? It would be better that one would die with their integrity than to continue living without it. It would be better that one to be taken with their integrity than to continue to live without integrity. As verse in 1 Peter 3 said earlier, For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. I don't desire for any one of us to suffer for the sake of doing evil. But I do understand that walking the life of integrity means that at times we will be challenged. At times we may suffer. And we may even begin to question whether we can make it through this or not. To me, I find that as an encouragement. I go, you know what, if I'm truly not believing for big enough things that I, I'm questioning whether this can happen or not, am I minimizing what God can truly do? Right? Am, I, am I setting my goal and my aim high enough that I'm not questioning what's going on? Am I really aiming high enough? God has promised that he will always provide a way out as we depend upon him. Job was a perfect example. He understood integrity. That when everything in his life, short of losing his own life, was taken away, he did not curse nor say one bad thing about God. His wife said, just curse God. His friends said, Job, when are you going to just... And he said, I will not. He had integrity. He believed in who God was. And nothing was going to change that. Be encouraged this morning knowing God sees your heart and he's pleased with your life when you live full of integrity. Even though it's difficult at times, you may feel you're not being rewarded for your integrity right now, God will more than make up for it for the glorious riches that await you in heaven. As well as living lives of integrity, may we continue to encourage and uplift one another in our pursuit to glorify God in all that we do. If you begin moving forward, honoring God one day at a time in the smallest ways, it will be amazing to see the transformation that begins to take place in your life as you allow God to work through you and you follow the steps of obedience and integrity. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up now. And they're going to lead us to one last song, and we're going to have a time of prayer. But I want to encourage you this morning. No matter what your life looks like right now, no matter what your circumstances look like, no matter how uh, productive you feel like you're being, if you are giving God everything you can, if you are living a life of integrity and, and striving to please Him in all that you're doing, keep on doing it. God sees your heart. He sees what you're doing. And God will continue to work in and through that situation. Don't become discouraged. Don't become weary. For in the right season, you will reap the harvest. God will complete the work you started doing in your life.